Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss cyberpunk, cyberpunk, and cyberpunk. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, we're back. It's tomorrow. Uh, it's today for you, but for us, it's yesterday. And right now, it's we're talking about what's to come, which is just up ahead, which could be next week. But for the purposes of a podcast called Tomorrow, we're calling it tomorrow uh i'm of course joined by ryan houlihan ryan are you there still there i'm living in the year 2077 baby let's hold on just keep it and keep your accidentally glitching penis in your pants and uh we are joined by tom caswell tom uh thank you for being here hi everyone tom is inputs uh social media editor uh he's a brilliant brilliant man uh, brilliant oh, human. Let's just let's just let's get gender. We don't need to put gender into. We're going to talk about gender when we talk about cyberpunk. But, Absolutely. Uh, also, Tom has a, a great podcast called Unranked. You should listen to, uh, where he and three other, I believe, men or you know it what? Let's a, just say it people. Is men. People. Yep. Well, do. yeah. We want. We don't want to. We don't want to uh, gender. Yeah. Don't uh, gender. Anyhow, the spirit but, of cyberpunk. In the spirit. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's in the spirit of cyberpunk, <laughs> but anyhow, he and he and uh, uh, three other human beings who live on planet Earth discuss many things, including but not limited to uh, their feelings and gaming. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That, would you say that's a fair description? Yeah, fifty fifty percent feelings in video games for sure. I mean, is there even a divide? Um, so anyhow, so Tom is. Tom is a is a uh, gaming. Uh, he's a gamer gator. Uh, oh, he's a gaming. He's a uh, member of. He's on eight chan. Not. No, <laughs> he's a gaming. That. You're a, but you're a gaming fan. You're a gaming fanatic. You're a big Q describe. head, right? You, you love Q. <laughs> yeah, Q. totally. This is exactly uh, what Hillary Tom Clinton was. is a part of a giant pedophile conspiracy, and Hillary. I won't believe anything else. Yeah, no, I'm a big, big fan of gaming. Been a, funnily enough, not been a, a gamer my entire life. I actually, my first console was a Dreamcast, oh, which that's is the way pretty to, late. Well, I mean, come on, baby, that's uh, <laughs> that's the, that's it was like, great. Yeah. I, I never looked back after that. No, that's that the will old... really set you up to appreciate the art form. Yeah, I think if you're going to get into um, games, that's a, the right place to start. You want to start with C, ma'am. Not Mario. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean, I've talked about this many times. I don't know why you bought a Dreamcast. I bought it to play the new Resident Evil game. I'm not sure what your purpose, your reason I had, was. How uh, old were you? Like five? How old were you? I mean, you were no, very No, I was, I was eight. Eight. Oh, my God. Eight or nine. I bought a Dreamcast specifically to play Power Stone. That's the kind of gamer I was. That's cool. Pa- Power like, Stone cool. Uh, should make a comeback eventually. It, that's yes. actually a, a secretly incredible game. Um, I played Sonic Adventure was my big yes. one. Cra- Crazy Taxi, which is one of my favorite video games of all time. And uh, Ready to Rumble. Yes, and my Ready fa- to Rumble. My father and I played that all the time. He kicked my ass and... Uh, uh, what is ready I, to rumble? Very, is that a fighting? Is it a fighting game? It's a boxing game. Okay, yeah, I'll take. But your it's word for it's it. not like it's not like Fright Night where it's oh sorry Fight Night where it's like realistic simulation boxing. It's like cartoon ish boxing. Although maybe oh, no. that was just the year two thousand. It's closer to Punch Out. Yes, oh, okay. it's closer um, to Punch Out. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned accidentally had a little slip up there and said Fright Night, which I should say is a great eighties uh, horror comedy. 
Not uh, only is uh, the '80s version of Fright Night fantastic, but the 2011 version yeah, with uh, Colin. Uh, F- uh, I liked it. I it's liked great. It. It's it, great. And Anton Yelchin. I, it's phenomenal. Yes, I actually. It's funny, and you know, rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. What a what an amazing talent. Like really sad that he uh, uh, died in such a weird and tragic way. But um, th- I will say that movie is enjoyable. Entertain is very entertaining. I think. It's like very, you know, 2011. And mm-hmm. if you like the original, like there's things that are not present. Although there are some great, I, I have, I, I went, actually, it's one of the rare films that I've gone to see in the theater over the past, you know, decade or so. Uh, and I do remember there's one scene because I believe it was a 3D film. Uh, I didn't see it in 3D, but I believe it, it was shot. Yo, yes, it was a 3D and, film. <laughs> and there's a and there's a and there's a scene, a really really amazing scene where they're inside a car. And the mm-hmm. camera is like, I mean, it's it's obviously it's obviously like a digital composition, I think, but like mm-hmm. the ca- for like an extended period of time, the camera, I, if I remember this correctly, is in the car rotating around as if it's in the center console of the car, or sorry, the middle of the car, mm-hmm. and it's rotating around to like see these like scenes of things that are going on in the car as it as it rotates, and it's actually I remember being in the theater going like, I totally like this is a really thrilling execution of something that like in a movie that otherwise is like you know kind of not a b movie but kind of like not it's not an art film you know it's not like a high it's not not the godfather there's a uh there's another shot that i i remember kind of like laughing out loud because i was like this is intentionally designed for 3d is when um he's being chased by uh colin's vampire uh anton yelchin is and he like spoiler alert (laughs) <laughs> he throws a brick through the like uh door the glass door of like this kitchen of this house and it's the camera's in the kitchen and he throws the brick and it like smashes through the glass and heads directly to the camera and oh, there's it's all this 3D. cg yeah, it's a, yes it's all this cg 3D, glass cg, around yes. it <laughs> totally i totally just am like i have i'm brought back to that moment you know hey maybe yep. 3d maybe 3d was cool actually now that we're looking back on it maybe Let's bring it back baby Let's do it. Um, well, they need to do something to get people in theaters. Uh, all right, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, um, we're here to talk about we all we've all had an experience recently uh, that moved us, that changed our the way we look at the world, um, and that is going to change the way we go forward as human beings. And that experience is that we've all now played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's a real game. It's a it's a real game. It was released. Somewhat. (laughs) (laughs) It's somewhat of a real game. (laughs) It was released to... It did come out, yeah. It did come out. It Uh, does partially still live in our imagination. It definitely Uh, does. Certain certain elements, and depending on your rig, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) You you know, but but, but it it was released. Uh, It actually is playable for some people. Um, And... It uh, and now we've all had an experience with it, and I and I think it's. I really wanted to with our fresh with the freshness of the moment. I wanted mm. to, and we actually had a. We have a input has a, a ten a.m. editors call, and we spent, uh, I'd say, fifty minutes of an hour editorial call this morning talking about it, and it just made sense that we should continue that conversation. Uh, and and we've all had very different experiences. Yeah, we and have, I just surprisingly, and, and there's just a lot. There's just a yep. lot to unpack, and I just thought let's let's just let's just make this. Let's not try to play around. Let's make this a dedicated cyberpunk 
podcast, even though it has been unofficially a cyberpunk podcast since we started, <laughs> since we started doing tomorrow, which was like a 20, I want to say 2015, maybe, uh, 2014. I don't remember, but I do know that it was a, at least a year after I'd seen the first cyberpunk trailer. So I, I want to, I want to like stress. They announced game 2012, baby. I want to, no, they, they might've announced it 2012. They did the first trailer in 2013. Sure. Yes. And by the that way, lady whose arms are yeah, the lady, like the praying sp- mantis, spider praying mantis lady. Um, I wonder is that song is that fake Radiohead song that's in that trailer going to be in the game itself? Has anybody gotten to the point where they, you know, you know the one about it's it literally the hook of the song is personal responsibility, which I believe means it's a song for conservatives. Um, at least that's how I've always perceived it. It's like libertarians. It's, it's Does anybody know what I'm talking Bioshock, about? Very Bioshock Infinite. I Does, really don't remember. You do not remember the song? It's like fake no, Radiohead. I don't it's remember like this one. Are you joking? Is it? Is this from the okay. inaugural trailer? It's from the first trailer. It's like uh, a. It's like a Radiohead slash Muse style. I don't I can, listen to I, men. Say I anything. honestly can we get Ryan? I want you. You're going to when you uh, pr- when you produce and edit this. I would like for you to insert the music that I'm talking about, okay. so that all of the listeners can. So that Tony, Tony can hear what I'm talking about, which is which is this great song that I'm just dying to know if it's in the game. But I don't want to find out because I don't want any spoilers. Anyhow, so let me tell you, I'm going to start with talking about, we can each go through our individual cyberpunk experiences. I'd like to talk about mine a little bit because I had quite a day yesterday. Um, Now, as some of you may know, as none of you probably know, I have been uh, trying to buy a new graphics card for my computer. Uh, You may recall that about a year ago, I built a, a gaming PC and I got a graphics card for it, which at the time was like pretty good. So the... 2070 uh, Super, mm-hmm. which honestly, I don't know the distinction between Super and non-Super. Like, I'm not sure what it means, but the 2070 was, like, capable of doing, like, pretty decent ray tracing at, like, 1440. Like, actually, it was pretty decent for everything. You could play some stuff at 4K. You could definitely do stuff at 1440 or 1080, and it looked great. Uh, but for Cyberpunk, it was clear to me, once I saw their system requirements, that it was not going to... It was not going to pass muster. And and the reality is I started to get, as the release of this game got closer and closer, I started to feel this panic that when I played Cyberpunk, partially because I was just like, I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't look like the trailers that they've shown, but also that I have waited so long and that if I play Cyberpunk in a less than ideal situation, in a situation where I have less than... You know, I would I didn't go all out like I didn't build like a brand new rig with like the top of the line everything, but my 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 rig was already pretty good. Sends like a very recent graphics card, so I I came I started to feel like if I didn't play it with basically top of the line a top of the line card, I was going to be selling myself yeah. short after mm-hmm. after the wait after a seven year wait. You know, like and if I broke it down, like how much would it cost for every year that I waited? It actually is pretty. <laughs> It's actually pretty affordable. Like if sure. I had just That's if I had just saved <laughs> if I had just saved the money, uh, you know, a little bit of money every year while waiting for Cyberpunk, the card would only have only cost me like you know 
I don't know, two less than two hundred bucks a year. Okay, which is there pretty affordable. I mean, you know, yeah. I pay I pay that much for my New York Times subscription. Um, you know, which I regret all the time. All the time, I'm like, <laughs> why am I paying for this? But then sometimes I'm like, it's worth it. So anyhow, so I uh, had been scouring. I had gotten into like the dark, deep dark underbelly of people trying to get like the new egg deal when it happens. Like there are like Twitch channels and there are apps you can. There are like apps you can run in a terminal to like watch prices. I mean mm-hmm. it's a very sad I had world. That, I had that installed on my computer for a bit too actually. It's called Market Market Grabber or something. What's it called? Yeah, I think it, uh, Nvidia Snatcher. Oh, that's a different one. See, there's multiple mm-hmm. versions. There you go. At any rate, at any rate, I was like I was like spending hours and hours a day uh like you know Zelda would be like daddy when can we play Minecraft and I'm like one I'm like five, just five more minutes, honey. And she would be like, "It's been an hour." And it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm ruining my relationship with my child uh, over this. Anyhow, so so I had decided, like, I'm not going to overpay for this card. I'm not going to buy a card on eBay. I'm not going to give into the scalpers. I'm just going to wait, and I'll just experience Cyberpunk 2077 with my with my with my mediocre, my okay graphics card, and the, and I'll just like be patient. And in a few months or weeks or whenever, I'll just buy the card at a normal price, you know. Anyhow, I woke up the morning of release day, and which actually was 7 p.m. GMT. Uh, sorry, it was 7 p.m. East Coast because they did it midnight GMT. Mm-hmm. So it actually got based, technically released on the 9th for a lot of people, at least for PC people. Sorry, if this is a ramble, you can cut me off, but I'm going to tell you my – I'm just going to tell my story. I'll just fast forward. So I woke up in a panic, and I'm like, I have to get, I have to get a card. What am I going to do? I was like, maybe I can find one from a reputable seller – on eBay with for a not insane price that I can buy now and then go and pick up, which sounds like an impossible thing to do, right? I'm, I'm stunned that this, yeah, it, it's so I'm amazed. So I had looked at a card like the night before, but I kind of dismissed it. I was like, eh, I don't know. Although the seller had very good, uh, the seller had very a very good, very high rating. It was like an electronic store of some type, which is always like a good sign. It's like, okay, they do this for a living, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I found a card, the basically the exact card I was looking for. It was not wildly expensive. The card retails for, I mean, if you look at the EVGA site, it's like a $780 card or $770 card. People are selling it for $900. I paid $1,100 for it, you know, which is not cheap, not cheap, okay? Uh, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to pull the fucking trigger and I'm going to see what happens. And so like I, I messaged the seller before I bought it. And I was like, if I, I was, cause they were like in Queens basically. I was like, if I buy this now, can I come and pick it up? And they're like, yeah, buy it now and we'll give you our address. And I'm like, okay. So, and then I was like, wow, I could like die. Maybe this is a big scam. Right. Like where I show up with like, and they're like, oh, this like some like rich hotshot, like pulled up in a Tesla. Let's rob him. You know, like I was like, had all these insane ideas that were running through my head of like what, you know, I risked my life to get a fucking uh, video card or whatever. You know, I was like, oh, what if I got killed buying a video card? What a legacy. Anyhow, uh, needless to say, none of that happened. So I, they were like, okay, yeah, I drove to Queens. I went into this crazy shop, which honestly is but it was like part nightmare, part fantasy for me. It was like a 50-foot-long store, just floor-to-ceiling filled with crazy old computers and shit. Just like a complete nightmare. If you're like Marie Kondo, it's like the absolute polar opposite of a Marie Kondo situation. It's like they threw nothing out and never organized. (laughs) 
Anyhow, I bought they the card. Mess, right? I bought the card. I mean, I got the card. I opened it. It was in the box. It was like totally factory sealed. I got a new power supply from Micro Center, which is a store I've literally never been in. Like, I didn't Isn't even know the they best? existed. Isn't it the best? I mean, it's kind of depressing in no. a way. I found it to be. Well, listen, I was the one in Yonkers. I don't know. Maybe it's a different vibe than like one in Manhattan or whatever. But uh, I kind of didn't even know they existed. Like, I sort of was like, do we have stores like that around here? Because I they order everything. everything. Anyhow, it is kind of sick that it's like, oh, I'm like, oh, my God, uh, this is like a computer store. Right. Like, yeah. I, I haven't. Mean, uh, yeah. I haven't been in a computer store in a long time. I'm not trying to sell you like fucking Yoohoo's at the checkout. Oh, no, but it was like a situation where like the guy behind me in the internet pickup line was like talking to like another guy about like how he, like how he can get like the best price for something on eBay. And it was like exactly the kind of conversation you hear in a computer store. It was just like socially awkward people having very uncomfortable conversations. About Trying things. desperately to bond about something. Yeah, about things on the internet. To another human being yeah, about, about internet stuff. Like, yeah. it was just, a, he, the guy was like, yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta put in the description. You gotta, you can't put it, if it has a nick or it has scratch, you can't put that in there. You can't. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like you should. Maybe. Feels like a good idea. At any rate, got a power supply because this thing needs a 750 watt power supply. I took apart, I have a mini ITX build. I had to take apart the entire thing, basically. To fit this card in. The card is fucking massive. Okay. Is this yeah. boring? Is this story very boring? No, I no. Like I mean, not to story. me. Not to me. Okay. I'm not. I'm invested. I had to take it apart completely. I was like, I can't fit this card in here. It fit in in a way that I would say either the people who are responsible for designing uh, like mini ITX boxes and also the cards that go in them are very aware of each other and working in concert to make things just right. Or I got insanely lucky, and for whatever reason, it's like literally within like millimeters, within microns Very nice. that this thing fits. And I thought I was going to crack the motherboard trying to put it in because you have no way to get leverage. Once your motherboard is in the box, which I didn't, I did not remove the motherboard. Though. I basically took everything else out. Once it's in the box, you have no way to really get leverage if the box is that small. So I was like, I'm going to fucking crack this motherboard in half trying to put this card in, and I'm going to start crying like a huge baby. At any rate, I didn't do that. I put the card in. I got the power supply in. I got everything hooked up. I think I actually cleaned up some of my cable management. Well, that's I, a win right there. Yeah. I plugged it in, and everything worked perfectly without a glitch, without a moment of problem. Like, not anything went wrong. And, like, a few hours later, I was downloading Cyberpunk. And then after Zelda went to bed almost an hour late because I had been dicking around with other stuff and not playing Minecraft, uh... It's all my fault. A very cranky six-year-old went to bed late. And then I played Cyberpunk. Like, I just played it. Like, it just was downloaded. It didn't need a patch. And it played and loaded quickly. And moments later, I was, you know, choosing the penis for my character. Right. Moments later. (laughs) And the pubic hair. Yeah, the pubic hair. The coloring of the... Okay, we got to talk. Okay, anyhow. Tom, do you want to share your experience give us a little bit of a window of how it went for other people sure so i actually i i first loaded up the game on xbox um because i had a a code for for xbox i was like okay i'm curious to see how this runs on console and after you know the last month essentially of running you know games in 4k 60 some games you know 4k 120 like call of duty looks amazing on on these new consoles 
I was very disappointed to find that this game runs at like 900p, maybe, maybe a little less at points mm. on the new consoles. Now, granted, it's running at 60 frames so that it's pretty smooth. And, um, you know, the load times are great because they're just inherently great on these new consoles. But visually, I was, I, I was like you, Josh. I was like, I've been looking forward to on and off. I would say my, I would say my excitement for this game has diminished at points over time. But you oh, know, yeah. The, in the, in the in the few days How leading could it up, not? right? Exactly. Like that, I want. I eventually do want to get to the many, several vast issues that this game has. We have to. But, yeah, we have to. But in the in the last few days leading up to it, like anything, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do. Uh, I did the Street Kid Life Path on Series X. I'll do the Corpo Life Path on my PC when. Oh yeah, uh, see, that's I the, get that's to a, boot that up. <laughs> that's exactly what I, I did, Street Kid. But I was literally just saying to somebody on Twitter, I kind of the Corpo one is kind of interesting to me. Well, uh, we'll you well, did Corpo. We'll get, okay, hold on. We're going to get into the game in a, in a second. I want to hear Tom's. <laughs> I want to hear more about Tom's experience because well, it's well, quite interesting. Long long story short, I, I updated my NVIDIA drivers. I have a 2080 Super. Uh, I have a pretty uh, beefy uh, i7 CPU. Like, tech, according to Cyberpunk's own website, I should be able to run this thing at 1440 with ray tracing ultra graphics on, no problem. Um, the only thing I would need the 3084 would to be go to, to full 4K. Um, but I actually decided to run it. I have two monitors. I have a 4K 60 monitor and a 1080 144 hertz monitor. And I actually just decided to run it in 1080 at, at that high frame rate and high refresh rate. And the game just kept crashing. And mm. um, it would literally, at first it was literally like, I would create my character. I'd get my penis the way I wanted it, and then I, <laughs> that's and then, number one customization. You get the penis right, and then I would boot into the game, and within a few seconds of you know we played, you played the corpo life path, Ryan. I would get right to the point where my character throws up the pills on the counter. Oh, and hey! Spoiler the game. alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! It's literally the first five seconds. Well, I haven't played that path, and now you've ruined it for me. Now I can never experience now it. You can Thanks never a lot. Right? No, it's fine. We're going to put a lot of disclaimers on this. So there could be spoilers. Um, and uh, yeah, and so it would it would get within five seconds and just and just kept shutting down, shutting down. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe the Nvidia drivers like need uh, me to restart my computer for them to like take hold, right? Because it's always wishy washy with this stuff. Like, do I need to restart my computer? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And so I restarted my computer, and then coming back, booting the computer back up, it was stuck on the BIOS screen. So like the image of the motherboard manufacturer like that thing that flashes right before windows loads it was just stuck on that and it has options at the bottom right like press f11 to jump into the bios press this to do that and none of that was working and so basically i actually had to i funnily enough had to dismantle my computer too josh but not to do the fun act of throwing in a brand new fresh graphics card, but to remove the motherboard's like mm. watch battery <laughs> that mm. powers like the BIOS on the motherboard. So I had to pull out my 2080 Super. I actually did some cable management myself too, because I was like, "Well, well yeah, why I'm not? Here, why yeah, because not?" Because <laughs> when you when you build your when you build your PC, I think this has got to be a, tr a true. Unless you're like a super like nerd, when you first build the PC, the goal is like, how quickly can I get it together? Yep. So I can start and using on. it. <laughs> And on and like just to it does it work? Okay, good. Let me close this fucker up and start doing something with it. But I think once you have a chance, once you go back in there, yeah, you want it. You're like I could, 
I can actually improve this. I can, I can make this look this bad I can, boy up. I can make this look quite nice. I mean, mine doesn't look nice, but oh, I, I forgot. I, when you're done, I forgot one other important thing that I discovered while I was doing this. But go ahead, keep going. Well, long long story short, uh, had to remove that that watch battery. It was stuck under the graphics card, God. and then um, fortunately left it a few minutes to let the BIOS reset, put the battery, watch battery in, booted the, the the computer back up and everything was okay, nothing. It was like nothing had ever happened. Um, I was still having crashing issues after that. Uh, what I found online was is if the game is crashing for whatever reason, just turn ray tracing off, which is a real d- disappointment, obviously, because this game is meant to be a showcase of ray tracing. Yes, but, yes. But I'm, I'm currently, until a patch comes through, I'm currently running this game without it but regardless it does still look uh amazing especially running at that that high frame rate um and so and i'm about to after we jump off recording this i'm gonna go jump onto the stadia version and give give that a try Mm, that's the third life path that's very interesting and ryan what what did you do you played a console version I have a version for PS4 that is arriving today, um, but yesterday uh, I read online the little trick where if you set your Xbox to be as if you live in New Zealand, you could play the game whenever. And so I down- I bought the game and downloaded it. I reset my console. I'm told that I was a Kiwi. And then I launched <laughs> it and I played it for like a good chunk of the day. And I have really no huge complaints about that experience. The, the, it went fine. <laughs> well, I, mean, I had just... a couple crashes, but other the, than that, it was the beauty of a console, maybe. Th- this yeah, is the, the beauty yes. of a console. Yeah. This is exactly like honestly, in so many ways, it is what it is it is the the secret sauce of a console, which is like the there was a really good chance that everything that I did led to complete disaster and like I couldn't play the game. Tom's experience, I would imagine, is not wildly dissimilar for a lot of people now the game is buggy as is no matter where Mm. you play it it's a buggy fucking game and what we should talk about we'll get into the actual game in a second but like the the experience of just getting it working for on a pc there's so many variables that it's like impossible to know what's going to happen in some ways for a console i mean this is one of the things i thought when i started up the ps5 uh that it just is you forget i've been playing on my pc so much I forgot how seamless and satisfying console play is because it's just like it just I mean I hate to use the the, the phrase but it just it just works for the most part. You know, yes there are fuck ups, yes they have problems, but like I, you know, plugged would in the PS5 that you live in your world and play in ours. I mean, I would say <laughs> that I I would say that uh you know, I don't really uh think of myself as living or playing in any world really. Um but no, it's just like interesting that it just functions the way you expect it to. And like when I got the PS5, I had a little bit of an issue transferring my PS4 stuff, but then like it was, it actually was like kind of rough. But after that, everything worked. Downloaded the new uh, Spider Man game and was like instantly like, holy shit, like this is next gen. Wow, like I'm feeling it. Whereas like with a PC, there's so many more steps that have to happen usually yeah i think i think with console it's it's the peace of mind that if there is an issue it's not your fault like that's that's fundamental right. you know, when 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 you know oh my god when i tweeted out that like my my pc had been bricked and 
fucking people coming online while being like, well, did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like, how am I meant to know that maybe some random piece of shit software on my computer? Like I was having issues with, um, I have a Razer Kayo, which is their webcam that I yeah. don't use anymore because Razer Synapse is this piece of garbage software that will just ruin your computer for some reason or another. And I have to keep it uninstalled. And it's just like, okay, was it Cyberpunk that bricked, you know, that caused my computer to have that crash? Was it the NVIDIA drivers? Like, what is the issue? Whereas with console, like, the the peace of mind of knowing, okay, if the game is crashing, there's literally nothing I can do about it. It's the game's fault and not mine. Right. Like, that peace of right. mind is bliss. And you can complain. You can complain to, like, the developer or to Sony or exactly. whatever and, and effectively, like, feel justified. Whereas this is, it truly is like, well, sorry, dude, you built a PC. You're kind of on your own. Yep. I mean, I remember talking to somebody about this like a decade ago, and I was like, yeah, I can't get this, you know, it was, it was like, I was talking to somebody from Engadget, and I was like, I can't get this, uh, I can't remember what it was, it was like, something isn't working, like, I was, they were like, oh, where'd you get, you know, where'd you get your system? I was like, oh, I built it. They're like, well, yeah, well, what did you expect? <laughs> I was like, well, what I expected is that the people who make all this stuff are smarter than I am. And right. they're like, here's a card that goes in a motherboard. The CPU goes in the motherboard. The RAM goes in there. Some stuff gets plugged in. And actually, to to the credit, I mean, I had the experience of, I have a pretty recent, it's like an i7. It's not, the motherboard's not that new, but it's like fine. Mm -hmm. The RAM is fine. The cards are like, I went from a 2070 to a 3080, same drivers essentially, right? Like basically the same driver software. Um, and it was surprisingly not a nightmare. The other thing that I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to mention is in, in taking apart my um, computer, which I have, this has to be very boring for Tony to hear, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it anyhow. I realized we need to talk about the actual game at some point. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about the game. Uh, I realized that I had the panels. There's three panels that are basically interchangeable on the case that I have, and I realized that I had the panels completely wrong, and that where my graphics card should have been venting through like vent holes, mm. which are available on the pan, some of the panels, I had a huge piece of plastic window that was just sitting there that was like not only not helping with any vent ventilation, but also was like exposing the leds of the graphics card which i find completely obnoxious and i was like oh my god i could solve so many I, real world problems if i had just had a brain and figured this out the first time anyhow let's talk about the game because we've spent a long time talking about our experiences setting up the game which is it's actually very boring i think in the, in the to most people um so ryan and i have talked about and tom i don't know how how uh how many times you listen to each episode of the show? I would imagine it's got to be five to ten. Religiously, uh -huh. yeah. <clears throat> but Ryan and I have talked about cyberpunk a lot, especially lately. And the last episode, I believe, we were talking about the level of uh, either excitement or disappointment that we were feeling in anticipation of it. And like, I basically had gone from feeling like, okay, the game's going to look bad and play bad. And it's going to be a huge disappointment too. Well, you know what? I've seen some other stuff and maybe it's going to be good. And here's what I'll say. Before we talk about the penis customization or the storyline or anything else, from a graphics perspective, now again, I'm playing on a 3080 card with 32 gigs of RAM and a, you know SSD and all that shit. I mean, this game is graphically pretty fucking unbelievable. I mean, 
from a detail perspective, from a like things that I expected to be disappointed about that I have not been disappointed about, like the how many people you see in the city to the lighting, which is, I mean, and I hate to say this, but when you get ray tracing working and it's like unbelievable lighting effects that are just so like, you're like, this looks so fucking crazy. Now there are problems. The game is really glitchy, really buggy, but just on it, just let's just talk, not talk about anything else for a second, not mechanics, not storyline, not glitches from a pure graphics perspective with a, with a pretty good graphics card. I mean, my, my PC was expensive to build, but not the most expensive by a long shot. It was a very moderately priced gaming PC. This game looks like nothing I've ever played. It has a level of detail like nothing I've ever played. It is like fascinating and beautiful just to walk around and look at. And they have they actually pulled off what you saw in early demos where it looked really, really good. And you're like, it can't, it's not going to look that good. And even in the later stuff where it's like it got better and you're like, it's definitely not going to look that good. They actually pulled it off. And I have to say credit to CD Projekt Red, despite all of the fucking problems, this is one of the most beautiful like graphically detailed games I've ever, maybe the most detailed and beautiful game I've ever played console PC or otherwise. That's my, that's yeah. My I mean, I th- that there's this point, I think we've all gotten to it. It's very early on in the game. It's when you go right before you go to the Ripper dock. I assume both of you have gotten to that point in the game. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. That's like almost about as far as I got by before I was like, I'm tired. And I have to go to bed now. <laughs> And Ryan is, is I, I think, way past that, if I'm, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and there's this bit where you leave your apartment building for the first time in day, and you step out into essentially a plaza, and there's shops everywhere, and there's high-rises, and there's like a monorail that worms its way through the buildings. And I like kind of gasped when I saw, saw that, because I think on a... Uh, macro level, the detail and texture of this world is really impressive. Uh, the only thing that I think would rival it would be something like The Last of Us Part Two, that has yes. just yes. you know just the detail of like it looks lived in. It doesn't look yes. like someone designed it. It just looks like there is um, a natural you know grime to the world, and that inherently is beautiful. The one thing yeah. I will. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is when you go up to some of the textures and inspect them, uh, the thing that it is missing compared to something like The Last of Us is that kind of micro detail. Um, I noticed it for the first time when you sit down with your your best bud uh, and he's eating like ramen out of a um, a like a, like a, a Chinese delivery container box, you know, like those like trapezoidal upside down yes, a, things a, a chinese food box yeah and it it just looked i was <laughs> I like, like how oh you my tried, i'm sorry I, I like how you're trying to explain <laughs> the most ubiquitous uh food Thing item in, in existence right. <laughs> you're like you mean the white box with the red writing on the side that closes well, this was the top a brown box but okay yes. that's odd that's a little odd um, but you know, I was I, I was looking at this beautiful man, right? This beautiful robot man. Uh, mm-hmm. He is beautiful. He's got a great great hairstyle. You talking and about then, uh, Jack? What is his name? Jackie. Jackie. Something. Yeah. Jackie. Jack, Jackie's got, his first name. He's. Cool. By the way, no, this is a no spoiler at all. But I got a bad feeling about Jackie. Yeah. That's. I, 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 hey, hey, don't say anything. But but I just the level of 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 effort they've put into building up the relationship between me and Jackie this early in the game suggests to me that Jackie. Uh, Something's uh, going to go. He, yeah. he might not. He might not be around the, for the whole game. I'm just thinking. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. There's going to. Well, yeah, so I was I'm looking. Gonna, 
I was looking at I, no, it's okay. I was I was looking at him and I was like, this the, he he looks fantastic. His I think the facial animations in this game are very impressive, and that's something that open world games struggle with a lot. So I give kudos to the team for that. But then I looked at this box of Chinese food, and I'm like, this box looks i don't know if it's just not rendered fully or like what's going on and then i look down at the counter and there's like sushi under the counter and i'm like that just looks like a jpeg like just someone just like slapped a sticker that's there. what happens so, when you can't turn ray tracing on it's your sushi. oh yeah like, i gotta i gotta turn my ray like tracing out of them like I'm, I will say this. I, I do think on that point about graphics, I do think they brute forced a lot of this with like you need a super powerful graphics card or you're going to get kind of a shitty experience. I mean, it is a running joke right now on Twitter that people who are playing on console or people who are playing with like last gen graphics cards even are like it looks like, you know, GTA 3 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's a huge variance in the quality of the graphics based on your setup. And I think Absolutely. it's not like there's some games like, for instance, I've, I've been playing games. What's so amazing that I, something I've realized on the, with the PS five is that I've been playing games, by the way, Ryan, you raised a point, I think last week about does GTA or do games, old games look like either PS four pro games or PS four games when they play on the PS five. And I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt that the, at least the games like GTA, it's playing the PS4 Pro version, if not a slightly better version than that. So for certain games, um, they are. For certain games, they aren't. Yeah, but the difference is shocking. So I didn't realize this because I've been playing on a PS4. I never went to PS4 Pro. But, like, I played Last of Us 2 on my PS4, and I was like, holy shit. Like, this looks – I mean, I, I said to Ryan, I think, the week I played, I was like, it, it's the first thing that's gotten me really, really excited for the next gen because it's so good and the console's so old. I was like, what are they going to do next? <laughs> But I do think that unlike certainly with the time people have had for the old consoles where you can really massage some of this stuff and kind of like cover it up in different ways and optimize for it. And unlike games that are really console focused and have they have time to do all those optimizations, I feel like Cyberpunk is like we are not going to optimize this to look good on lower powered systems. We're just going to brute force it on the higher powered system so it looks awesome and everybody else is either going to have to wait or – just not going to be part of the crew that gets like the great experience. And I do, that is a problem with the game, but it also is a problem with how much hardware has progressed. Like consumer hardware has progressed that like I can have a system that, you know, it costs three times what you paid for your PS five, but like in terms of performance, it's, it's, it's probably like 10 times the performance, you know? I mean, the big the big thing for me, the big question when it comes to this, and I, I would love to hear Ryan's thoughts because he's played the most out of all of us but has been playing on a console. But they started development, development of this game when last generation started. So how is this game in such a mess on the console that came out when they started development? Here's, I just don't understand how... I think happened. And I, 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 this yeah. is not. This is a fan theory. I have no evidence to support this. I think um, that they are targeting a much better looking experience. Like you're saying, you know, you have a rip shit fucking thousands of dollars worth of PC <laughs> equipment that's displaying the game for you, and it looks phenomenal. I think that's probably the base that they targeted, and then everything else they just. Like like you said, brute forced jammed it Stripped down away. because their plan is similar to The Witcher 3 and Skyrim, which I own five copies of each. Their <laughs> plan is to resell this game to triple or quadruple dip 
for the next 10 years and every time that yeah. there's a new hardware capability if it's you know you know uh, psvr2 if it's you know a, a xbox series x pro whatever they can just very easily <laughs> you know put their sliders up and say great now you have this additional you know now it runs at 4k 120 hertz and and it's like all ready to go in that regard um but in doing that planning and in wanting that they have compromised the current original experience for 90 percent of players right like I, 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 I as an xbox player the game ran fine and i'm having a good experience but i would pretty categorically say it does not look next gen it looks pretty good for the older gen just from a performance perspective the art style is beautiful it's expansive complicated world obviously it's a huge upgrade over something like the witcher 3 that's not a question but I think performance-wise, it doesn't look like Miles Morales. It doesn't look like no. you know. It, it doesn't look next gen. It it, 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 it I, I don't well, think it, doesn't, it, looks, it doesn't look. I don't next... think it looks as good as The Last of Us Part Two looked. Frankly, it, it doesn't, doesn't even look it, close to that good. <laughs> wait, wait. What do you mean? You mean on 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 console? Well, certainly yeah. on console. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I so I think it's interesting. I mean, it definitely from what I've seen, it definitely doesn't. I think it looks like way beyond that on what like the kind of rig I'm playing on. But again, it's like this like it's a real divide. It's like, it just, it seems clear to me that they just couldn't get there or didn't or have they time didn't to optimize to for. they knew that this would well, sell 10 million copies and okay. they want to resell okay. you more copies later. I think, I think, so first off, I think you're doing a 4D chess thing to CD Projekt Red. And from is. what I have I seen, think the Witcher 3 I think has supported I, that place for how long? I just think I just think that if you think that they're like, hey, we can do a money grab where we sell new versions. Of I don't this think with it was a money grab. I think they just want to future proof their development for the, the the lifetime of this game. I I don't think I think uh, no, I totally disagree. I think that CD Projekt Red would have loved to hit today or yesterday. I guess it's today, isn't it? I mean, it's the tenth. Um, with everybody going holy fucking shit this sets a new standard for gameplay and for graphics on every system i think that's what cd project red would have preferred but they didn't have the time i to think do that, that getting no they didn't have the time to do it and i don't but i don't think it was a question of like can we i get the idea of a decades worth i totally understand a decades worth of gaming i just don't think that the way that they're thinking about it is like you know part of that is going to be fixing things that people think look like shit because it only i mean if you read the reviews of this game the reviews are extremely middling right like they're all i mean every review i've read is like it's good if you've got like the right stuff it's like a, the game itself is mediocre the stories and whatever it's like bit off more than it can chew and but it's still pretty cool and it's like i don't think that's what they wanted you know but i do think like we talked about this a few days ago in um in slack uh in input slack about like who's writing these i mean because i think to your point just about the graphics stuff, i just think that they have been trying to get this thing out i mean they've pushed it back at least twice from an, a dedicated release date and they've been promoing it for seven years i think they were just like we have to find a way to get this into market now or we're gonna lose our chance like we're gonna only get you know it's like the new console hype it's like this game's highly anticipated there's a moment I mean, they in time. literally worked up from the beginning of the PS4 to the very last like buying season for this console and they barely got the game out. It was a very ambitious right. game that they I don't even think they understood that like it, they should have been beginning development for the PS5 back when they started development for the PS4. <laughs> 
I mean, I will say, I, I will say in that vein as well. Um, you know, I think that the the game in terms of design, it feels, it, you know, if to, to to your credit, Ryan, it feels sky, like Skyrim. It feels like an older kind of ethic um, ethos, or uh, when it comes to just game design, and I feel like it, it would have if. I mean, this game should have been delayed. It should not have come out now. It should have been uh, put out in a more stable version. But I feel like with everything we've seen about next gen, when we saw that Unreal Engine demo that's showing off um, just, you know, you, you, you don't have to design corridors and elevators to mask loading because these things can just load things instantly. Like ga- game design is fundamentally going to change in the next two to three years. And if cyberpunk had released next year or the year after it would have felt extremely dated i think because it just literally feels like it was designed in 2013 well i was gonna say (laughs) this is probably the most phenomenal and incredible gaming experience i would have ever have had in 2014 or 2015 exactly but now Mm -hmm. it is i mean we said on the call earlier um and i still do this is my biggest takeaway is that this is a wonderfully ambitious advanced uh, large experience but it is also an experience i've already had on a smaller scale and it is an experience that i i, I feel like if you've played the witcher if you've played fallout if you've played the outer worlds you're gonna say to yourself i love this kind of game and i'm enjoying cyberpunk as one of those games but i did not walk away from this the way that i did with other landmark games like breath of the wild that had just as much hype mm-hmm. that i walked away from breath of the wild being like how did they think of that the care that went into every area feeling these feelings of delight like and discovery yeah. that like oh i discovered how to do that even if it was intentional for me to do that the trap worked for me to feel that delight and discovery and for me to feel that amazement and with this game i think it's impressive i'm impressed but I don't feel delighted mm. or like I'm having an experience I've never had before or that it's changing the way that I think. And granted, but don't granted you, yeah. I'm not completely through the game. And this is a complete and first impressions. But I will say I, I feel like I have played this game and uh, this is a, just a this is just an evolution. Don't I will say this. Um, I mean, I so Breath of the Wild is a game that I've tried to get into like. 20 times and have never really managed to work up any interest in going for more than like an hour in it. Like I find it to be directionless to a point of like me just going like, whatever, I don't care. And I give up. Um, Although I will say in, in, in a similar fashion and, and, and where a game like the last of us Two, despite what you will say, one, one might say about the quality of the story or some of the points that it hits, uh, and I have certainly have issues with its with its narrative and 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 where it where it ends up, but it is really like there is a story there, and you feel it from like from 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 the from the first moment you feel like there's a story. It's there's more a, there's an actual narrative storytelling style. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's and it's super compelling. And then you're dropped into this world where you're like, wow, like also this world is re- I want to explore it. I'm really interested in it. I mean, it's actually, I mean, it's funny. The Last of Us 2 is like one of the most depressing games I've ever played in the sense that I the, the entire time I played it, I was like, God, this is so beautiful. And like, I want to stop playing as soon as possible. Like it would hit mm-hmm. certain points where I was like, this is so oppressive in terms of its mood and its message that I just don't, don't want to play anymore. 
Um, and I actually, there were many times I stopped and was like, and then it went on for so long. I was like, when is this game going to be over? So it was like almost too much story. It was like, okay, I get it. Like, can we wrap it up? But, um, but cyberpunk where I think there is a, I have yet to experience the, the, the moment and where what's, what's, what's hindering my, like all the stuff I said before about how it's beautiful and, you know, the lighting's incredible and the world's so huge and all that stuff. Like, I'm so impressed by it yet. I don't know what I'm doing or why I'm playing. I mean, like GTA, one thing you say about GTA for all of its political, not even political incorrectness, just like weird retrograde bullshit and like how stupid the game actually is and how cynical it actually is and how the characters are these stereotypes. um, It drops you into a story like right away. You're like, okay, there's a story here. Even if you want to run around and go to the strip club and do whatever, you're constantly reminded that the characters are fully developed, at least in the world of GTA, and have backstories and relationships, and that there's something going on, you know, that has a little bit of levity. Like this game doesn't do that at all from day from the moment you start. You're kind of like you're at a bar. I mean, maybe it doesn't start this way for everybody. I played the Street Kid uh, storyline or whatever, it and it's like you're at a bar, you're talking. Yeah, so you know, you're at a bar. You w- like you wake up in the game at a bar, okay? And then you're talking to the bartender, and he's like, "Oh, I owe some guy some money. Like, can you help me out?" And suddenly you're like doing a thing, and it's like, okay, cool. And it's like a little bit of a tutorial. I get it. Like, it's a little bit like here's the world that you're in, but. Like I understand that we're creating our own story as we go through it, but I think games need to do more. I think this type of game needs to be better at storytelling. And like the one thing that I I don't understand is like who wrote this game, right? Like who is writing video games these days? Because I think a lot of the writing is really bad. Like like if you compare it to prestige television or great movies or you know great books, like the storytelling in video games is decades behind it is is just is just generations behind it in terms of in terms of sophistication which is why when you get a game like uh gone home which has like an amazing story that unfolds like just a wonderful little story that unfolds as you like experience the game people are like holy fuck you know it's a good story it's not it's groundbreaking for video games but in terms of storytelling it's barely scratching the surface and i think a lot of games feel that way now you know like like bioshock is a great story but in terms of like storytelling comparatively to like film or tv or books it's a very small idea you know i've been playing soma a lot which i think has a great story and wonderful um story notes and points and i think that's a that's a game that that whoever wrote that put them in the put them into get them to cd project red asap <laughs> and have them write a fucking story i mean uh, for this game to be fair and we should say that storytelling in video games is 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 extremely complicated and it is complicated because it's similar to like how in a book like the prose should sort of match and the tone should sort of match the overall themes and the characters and you need to create a compelling world right then you go to movies and you know the look and the editing need to match the the and reinforce the themes and the storytelling and where the characters go and what changes and in order for it to be cohesive with games, you have all of those things, including the writing, including the visuals, including the editing, including this, the pacing on top of that, the gameplay loop itself has to match whatever 
in order to be a cohesive message, it has to match whatever the overarching statement of the game is or the overarching themes or what's happening with the characters in order for it all to work together. And when it all works, it seems so effortless and easy to do because it seems obvious because it's working so great and it's so effective and so immersive. I think it is really difficult because I think games are not paying writers enough that they believe this is their forever career. And if they are, <laughs> if they are paying them to be like, to really study and be an amazing games writer, um, they're not, they're, they're not being compensated phenomenally or they're in situations where they don't make the major calls on what the gameplay loop is or what the story is, or they're not developed beforehand. They have to kind of take whatever, is being presented to them by executive producers and, and business people as like, you know, we have a billion dollar project. We need it to be a shooter. We focus tested. It has to have a female protagonist um, adjacent to the male protagonist. And we're going to take it, have it take place on the specific planet because it looks like a movie that is trending at the moment. You know what I mean? Like it is so workshopped and it is so planned so far out. And there is so much crunch and abuse happening that it doesn't leave room for these like, amazing projects and that's why indie projects are are generally uh, so much better written is that it can start with like a centralized passion and a centralized idea and, and like mm, and like a concept yeah. you want to execute rather than having to please multiple people having eight different centralized ideas no, it's and the passions. marvel yes it's the marvel problem and so it's the marvel movie of 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 games, i don't know but like, how but i don't to... know how to tell cd project red like to how to fix their that problem other than to say to them this is a huge problem and writing in games has not progressed since like 2011 and like i would say writing in games has not truly progressed since like bioshock and i don't feel in in mainstream triple a games and I, I i that's why breath of the wild was shocking to me because it it did give me this feeling of the the gameplay loop going into the shrines, solving the puzzles, learning how to use the different physics and pieces together made me feel like a hero who was learning how to like actually rise to this challenge and like was actually like gaining information and then learning how to synthesize it together and be clever and be exceptional. Like you have this feeling and that is also the story, right? In this game, so far at least, there are a lot of themes. There seems to be a lot of ideas. They've got a lot to say about capitalism. But I'm not seeing how it all ties together yet. And maybe that, you know, maybe by the end I'll say, wow. But at the moment, it just seems like another one of these games that, like, the writer had one intention, the original source material had an intention, the art style has an intention, the gameplay loop has to match, like, more of, like, what they think people want to play. And then they just kind of bend and smooth all the edges out to all the pieces fit together. And so then you have these problems, like for example, the trans representation, which a lot of people have been talking about, right. which you can tell mm -hmm. the artists were like, let's fuck with gender. Let's push this. Let's, let's sexualize bodies that are never sexualized. So let's make it inclusive. But then the writers don't know what to do with that. So they're like, there's a Latino gang and you know, one of them has a, is a lady <laughs> with a dick and you're like that. And you're like, we get yeah. to see that hot dick. And you're like, all right, well, that's not like <laughs> a cohesive artistic statement. So the writing, I, I don't even know how to right. tell them to how to execute it better. All I can say is it's, it's a glaring problem well, and it takes away from the work that shines in I mean, capacities. But I mean, The Last of Us at least approaches like, you know, big budget AAA blockbuster with like an actual story. I'm not saying the story sure, is but like it trades off that it has to be a little bit on rails. And I, and I, and I, and I will say with, with the, la and that, and that is true. It, it's a very, the, the last of us has the benefit of being a very like focused linear, yes. very like this is, you know, they dabble a little bit in part two with some open world stuff, but you, 
that only happens in the very beginning. Like the first act is when you can explore parts of Seattle and then it like kicks into a very linear story. And, you know, to Ryan's point, you know, the indie games, they come from this place of love. They come from this place of someone has a really great idea for a story and then they write that and then they find developers to help them make it into a game, whereas that isn't obviously what happened with Cyberpunk. They were like, okay, let's make a game based off of this tabletop RPG. Let's get people in to write the story. They were like, you know what, aesthetic will be trending (laughs) soon. You know, like I can see that how at the time they were like, but you know, um, Tumblr had like, you know, that, what was it? Uh, Like, Cyber wave or whatever. This like, is such vapor, a Tumblr game. Wave. It's vapor wave. such a Tumblr game. No, no, this is yeah. Tum- it's Tumblr. Tumblr it emerged. Exist. It's from Tumblr of. T- it's from Tumblr of 2012. It emerged at the same time as the pitch for Blade Runner 2049 probably emerged, and from the same instincts and the same cutting edge culture stuff. But it was quicker to make a movie, so they got to get there a little faster. And now I just, I truly sometimes I have felt with this game that this is in itself a cyberpunk nightmare. Like a game that required people slave 100%. labor to make this corporate product. Like it, it, it kind of, it fucks itself it, over in that regard. Yeah, with with the writing totally, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the transphobia, when it comes to the depiction of these these racial groups and these various gangs and stuff, you know, it feels like it, it uh, initially made an attempt to maybe have uh, some kind of discourse, like some interesting discourse ab- about it. But it completely blows past all of that and just leans into these stereotypes. So you're totally right, Ryan. Like it feel like this is a game about the future that markets itself as written by a street kid or from the perspective of a street kid, but it is corpo all the way exactly like wow. this is but, but look at you talking in the terminology of the game so maybe they've actually <laughs> it. oh maybe they maybe they flipped it but around again yeah, I it's mean, you super know. easy to criticize this game because in some ways it is remarkable and it leaves itself open to those criticisms because it, it succeeds well, in I, some big ways i want to say i do want to say i i haven't played the game enough to have experienced the whole story i think it's very clear and i want to make that very clear there there may be a deeper more powerful story that that evolves here that propels me into the game further and and for longer and and you know the world is super interesting though i will say there's something about i mean to to this exact discussion it's funny because like people you know i've seen i follow some people and they've been tweeting like i live in a cyberpunk world which i think if you look around you right now like we're much closer to the world depicted in that game than we were in 2011. Oh, hell yes, we are. And there are ideas I mean, in there I mean, if you, that I was like, holy shit, that's actually already come to pass. <laughs> like, Yeah, and, and I think that – and so I think that there's – I do think it did not – you know, again, it's also based on a tabletop RPG from the 80s, yeah. which is like when, when, the, when the real birth of, this, of cyberpunk literature and cyberpunk culture, sort of like that whole thing sort of came about when it was very fresh and these ideas were so far away, you know, like – stuff like body modification was just like such a like, oh my god like what if you know and like the idea of the internet uh or virtual reality these were things that were just like far away dreams like oh my god you could you know com- you know communicate with anybody over video from a thing that you slide into your pocket it's like that was stuff that was just like fantasy mm-hmm. and and in this game like it doesn't i think in some ways it doesn't seem to acknowledge that those things are that there's a lot of like things that that were considered far fetched that aren't really very far fetched now, and the game doesn't seem to be aware of it. I do. I found the world to be kind of like it was like this. It was like a version of the cyberpunk 
world that I read when I was a kid in the in like the late 80s or early 90s uh where I was like yeah wow fuck cyberpunk but now it's like mm-hmm. one the world is caught up and two uh I'm not a kid and those ideas aren't that wild anymore and they've been well hashed through in every bit of popular culture from Westworld to Blade Runner to fucking you know halt and catch fire to devs i mean there's a million things and so many books you know i can't even list them all and also so i I feel like it's really important to note here that like it plays with ideas right that that tie into that time period right like there are sex workers in the game who are talking about like you know or who who are presented in this way of like what, what will the future of sex look like right however the game has nothing to say about um it has nothing to say about sex workers as the industry exists now. It doesn't really. It just uses them as an object. And it also doesn't show us a vision right. of the future of sex work where it's either super accepted or super restricted or whatever the, the the artist's intent or belief about where our current trends will go. Like, it, the game has a ton to say about capitalism, but nothing about the oldest profession yeah, I, I don't. I haven't gotten to any sex work stuff yet, but I noticed like on. I mean, there's a lot of like. I know they have the machines that are like drugs and like other things. I'm like, oh, okay, you can just like dispense drugs or whatever like that. My impression of this world is that things like sex work and drugs are no longer illegal. It seems like murder isn't really illegal either. Um, so like I keep. I mean, I several times I ran into like random skirmishes where I ended up shooting people or getting shot at for no reason, and I was like, okay, I guess like in this world, like people are just like killing people all the time yeah, for no reason. Yeah, there, there I, I got into one of those too, and I felt so bad because I was like, oh, cool, like a, a combat scenario happening yeah. in the world when I'd just been, for the most part, you know, because the opening of the game is a lot of walking and talking, which is fine because I think that, like, you know, the dialogue options are interesting and, like, where that can all go. And then there is a, a, a sequence, right, at the very early, early on where it's, you know, you're moving through an apartment, but it's designed to be stealth, right? Like it's designed for you to move from like person to person, quickly take them out stealthily. And it's pretty easy to do that and not have it come to to shoot, shooting everyone. And so I was really looking forward to having this combat instance of like, okay, cool, we're in the streets. I'm picking out my gun, like we're, sh- we're firing. And I thought the, the it, so I jumped in with both feet to this fucking combat scenario and I'm shooting all these guys and they all die. And I thought it was like gang on gang warfare, but no, it was them versus the cops. And I I'd realized I just like helped the cops murder a bunch of people and they were like totally cool with it. They were like, yeah, cool. Thanks for helping to shoot these people. And I felt so bad. And then I get a call from like, I keep getting calls from people telling me to do this job, do that job. And I get this call and they're like, yeah, so uh, these cops, uh, they, they're worried that one of that, someone in their department's gonna, uh, you know, be a whistleblower and, and, and rat them out for all the shady dealings. Uh, we need you to convince them to skip town. And I'm like, Fuck no, dude. It's 2020. Yeah. Fucking defund the police, man. Yeah, it does have the issues that Miles Morales have, which is like it deals with some really big topics, but not with but the this the 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 t- with no the kind no nuance. The kind of game that it is necessitates that they cannot be part of the current discourse and they cannot have any nuance to 
it. So if I were to if 100%. I were to be spending a billion dollars on making a cyberpunk game, I would simply <laughs> have something to say, regardless of the context of the time, and then stand by my statement rather than hedge my bets in a million ways and be like, capitalism vaguely mm. bad, neon lights vaguely good. Like you have to have dicks. Yeah, good. you have to have more to say. And if you're gonna play with trans people in a way, like play with trans ideas in a way that no video game really has. I need you to yeah. at least, at the bare minimum, talk to some trans people about how they would like to be represented. Because well, this is, even this if, is exactly my even point. If you have nothing to say about transness, then don't offend people. If you have nothing to say, then I just mean, this do is, it right. Like <laughs> this is this is exactly my point, which is like about the story writing, just the writing in general. Like there are so many genius writers who could who could contribute. I mean, like if you ask me, like who are the people who wrote for Cyberpunk? I couldn't name one of them. I don't know what their background is. I don't know what their experience in writing is. It's like they may be great video game writers, but that doesn't make a great storyteller necessarily, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't like sitting and looking at the screen and playing a game that I've waited 10 years to play and paid a bunch of money and bought already bought multiple copies of and thinking I could write I could story produce this better. Right, right. Like so and we, of course, you know, it's easy to say I could do it better. It's harder to actually do it. But but I do think it's it's an interesting thing like on the on the on just this gender stuff, the gender and sexuality stuff that the game sort of goes into, and a lot has been made of it. There's been a lot of conversation about it. Many of the reviews I read spent, I would describe, like an inordinate amount, a very unusual amount of time talking about it. But because the game puts it so front and center in a lot of ways, and because the game, they've had some issues with doing some like pretty insensitive like promo stuff, and they've had like, you know, it's clear that and it's not again, all this bad. goes back to it's who's not all bad. There are things no, it's, it's that not, are it's really not... good that they did that even some people that that I've heard from don't like that I'm like, but it's an artistic choice. You don't have to like it, but it is valid. Right. Right. And I think that and I think that's and, and I think but in the the fact that it's included at all and and that it's like an adult game where we can talk we can deal with like adult things, like that genitals exist and that gender exists and stuff like that. But like it is it is it does feel very one-dimensional, um, and like what would have been interesting is for a great thinker of our moment, you know, from the trans community uh, to say, like, "Hey, I'm gonna let me let's really play this out. Let's think about what if we jump ahead 50 years or how? I mean, it, it, I guess it's supposed to be in 2077. So if we jump ahead." Uh, 30 years, which really isn't very far ahead when you think about um, it. I don't think um, this takes place in like a version of our world. There is some discussion of what was happening in 2020 that doesn't match up with our world. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, at any rate, we but the, the, the number's in there, right? Yeah. But we're jumping ahead 30 years, 37 years, whatever. Like, it would have been, uh, let's game it out from people who know this space the best. Let's talk about it and put it in the game. It doesn't have to be the like main feature of the game but it wouldn't it be so much more rich and interesting to see the ways that that may have played out like with with the like people who really have spent a lot of time thinking about and working on this you know like and living it because i, I mean maybe and listen i don't want to discount there may be there may be cd project red staff members who are trans who contributed who wrote that part who whatever who were you know in that conversation there may be outside writers who worked on it with them i don't know but the way it feels is it's like a pretty heavy-handed, pretty one-dimensional approach to something that could have been. And this is – and I think what's interesting about that particular point is you can apply that same – the same feeling that that we have talking about it, what I'm describing here, to a lot of parts of the game where you can go, you know what? 
like the cars. Like they're cool, but like, is this like, was this where we thought we'd be with vehicles? Is this like, does this feel right? You know, with like the relationships of characters, with the body mod stuff, it all feels like it's ripped from a teenager's fever dream of a cyberpunk world, which is cool in a way. But it, but now that we know that these, some of these things are really, really close or even happening, it doesn't feel like we've given them the appropriate level of like intellectual treatment and thoughtfulness that is like, that they deserve for this world. And maybe I'm asking too much from it, but I'm sorry. I've waited seven years and you've, it's like a multi-billion dollar game and tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people are going to play it. And like, I don't think it's too much to ask that you write the fuck out of it. You know, I don't. Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the biggest thing that, you know, the, the, the transphobia, the, the, ra- the, the race issues that this game has, you know, all of it, you know, I, I think that's the thing. This isn't some niche game that, you know, only a, you know, a few thousand people are going to see and it win, wins, you know, indie game of the year. This is the biggest video game to ever happen. And, you know, there have been some amazing articles out there. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to shout, you know, shout out to an- another website. You know, Polygon How put out a great article you? that Just was kidding, like, I love Polygon. I know. No. <laughs> uh, po- Polygon put out a great article that was like, it's a real fucking shame that this game leaned into its edgelord, um, you know, the community of edgelords that have been supporting this game and, you know, the Elon Musk fans of the world who just, you know, this like b- bastardized uh, idea of futurism that is like, fuck everyone, like capitalism to the max, like, you know, break, move fast, break things, right? And, you know, they have done so little to actually be like, well, hold on a sec, we actually have some interesting thoughts on this and want to subvert your expectations. No one's going to come out of this game, I think, or very few people are going to come out of this game thinking, oh, wow, like, I learned that, like, when some of these things are bad, and actually maybe my viewpoint of the world is 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 skewed and and maybe I should reevaluate some of my stances on things or, or viewpoints. It is this game is only going to make people who have that kind of um you know those kind of viewpoints it's only going to strengthen them. And there's millions of these people playing this yeah. game and it's a little worrying, a little concerning. Well, I will say and I think this is a really good example of what where the game doesn't realize how wrong it got it is there's a point at which you're getting cybernetic body modification done and, you know, you're replacing your eyeballs with digital eyeballs and, like, you're replacing (laughs) your fingers with digital fingers. Digital finger, look at that. Um, Pun intended. Uh, (laughs) You're you're replacing parts of your body and, and then the doctor who's doing it, the Ripper doc, says to you, you know, they're like 1% of people go completely like space crazy when they have all this done and they, you know, go into full psychosis and they become murderous freaks. Um, but you know, is it, is it worth it? Because we have, can expand our abilities in these amazing ways. And then the game goes forward to make, it's so fun to be able to double jump with your enhanced legs (laughs) and so fun to have leather skin and so cool. Right. And, And, and this is happening at a time when there is a disease that you have to, we all have to opt out of fun to protect one to 2% of the population from. And rather than this game saying, 
you know, look, you, you replaced all your body parts and it ended so horribly. It says, look, it's worth it. That 1% isn't going to be you because you're a player right. at home who's in right. control of yourself. So you well, have I think... the most fun possible. <clears throat> and it's so tone deaf to this moment. And there's no way for them to anticipate that, right? But if they had thought, what are the implications of sacrificing 1% of the population's mental health to have superpowers, yeah. we would have a different game. But it just throws that out the... there and then moves on to something else. Well, the game, the game is, I mean, you, you, you're hitting on something that I, I felt even in my first few hours of playing just that it was like just so steeped in and seeped in a cynicism. Now, obviously it's a very dark version of the future. So I get the cynical perspective, but I think that kind of feeds into that exactly what you're talking about, which is, which is if you are less cynical about humanity generally, you won't just go like, okay, but it'll rock to get them and we're going to just talk about this as a kind of like meaningless plot point. And who knows, maybe it reveals itself as less meaningless in the future, in the future in the game. But like, I think that the, 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 it's like, it's like all of the things that could be serious, the game kind of is like, yeah, but we're not taking them too seriously because it's I wanna, still a I want you to have game. fun because you paid $70 and, so right. you deserve a good time. Right. Which is which is which is like understandable to some but degree, you know but what? also Death like Stranding literally put out there: this game will make you miserable and will teach you a lesson about the world. And guess what? It did, and it still succeeded, and it had something to say. Yeah, I think there's there's like a ten percent more they could have added of of stuff like that. That's like a little bit more thoughtful on things like that. I think um, it's it the whole yeah. I mean the, the whole uh, they kind of touch on. I feel like where the game decided to go with the implant stuff is they decided to make it, which is very Watch Dogs, which is a game that I've played, the new one I've played a little bit of and I just feel completely bored with, where they've decided to make it like a surveillance state It's a combination conversation. between surveillance state conversation and uh, plastic surgery discourse, which is so reductive yeah, yeah, to the future of humanity. <laughs> like. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but but on more than on like I've like you know it's been in like cars where there's like a radio station there's a guy who's supposed to be a conspiracy theorist talking about you know how the they're watching you if you get you know syn synthetic eyes there's like street yeah, preachers yeah, yeah. who are like do you there like there's a whole storyline and I, I'm guessing it's probably not an accident that I I've heard it so much that it's going to turn into a larger part of the storyline which is like the surveillance state which honestly i think is a for we live in the surveillance state it is a foregone conclusion and honestly what the game could have done smartly which it didn't is like take things like ring and take things like next door and all this weird mm. like self-surveillance that we do and made it much more of like a dystopian like everybody's snitching on everybody else like that could have been a really interesting angle to play up but or it's more like oh the core you have to perform and act in one way when you're being perceived and then you are free to do what you really want when you escape that perception that would be so interesting i'd be like wow you know you have to act one way around your amazon alexa because you know that amazon is listening but and you can't uninstall it for some reason but when you're away from alexa's if you're in a field you can desperately say to another character some plot updates and like what you need to be doing when you're back and like that would be such an interesting statement about like the duality of self in a digital world right and instead yeah, it's just like yeah. you've been mission assigned to murder some kids and take their stuff and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. Yo, oh, oh that's 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 actually you actually raised something that um i just remember it made me very uncomfortable playing the game is that there are kids in the game there are npc kids in the game and like i don't i, I like i know i'm a dad and i'm old or whatever but it, it immediately filled me with this weird sense of dread when I was walking around and seeing like kids on the streets. And I was like, oh, what is this game going to do with kids? Because like I don't – the game doesn't inspire that it has like 
well thought out or good faith kind of almost anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. And no, I'm no, like, no, oh, definitely not. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, why are there kids in the game? Like, why do I see kids playing in this game? And nothing's happened. But I must say, I will say so far um, they have shown a level of restraint by not creating robot children that I I commend them for. There's nothing I find more unsettling in a game than when parents have replaced their kids with a robot or like replaced the parenting experience with like a a kid robot. I, I, I that upsets me to such a degree because there are so many kids that like need love and caring and attention and the idea that we would replace like a human who needs those things with something that's like convenient for us. I see that in sci-fi a lot and I don't like it. You mean like, like AI? AI? You mean yeah, like the film yeah, yeah, like AI? AI? Yeah, but you know, you know what? But I don't um, know. Maybe it will. Maybe the game will go there and disappoint me. Let's see next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I mean, we haven't, you know, played all through the game. I'm yes. sure many things will be revealed. Our tune um, has changed on this I game just, every single week, and I don't see that stopping for the foreseeable future. Well, and it might, and it might be a testament to just how impressive the game is, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, and, and frankly, we have to wrap up because. Um, We've been talking about it for like well over an hour, and uh, people are wait people are waiting for me to do a meeting. Um, but uh, we might have yeah. to re meet then because we have to go through two input output stories. Okay, can we just do that yeah, later yeah, we'll or something? Do it later today. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, okay, so okay, final thoughts. Okay, it's day one. Let's talk about this before we wrap up. Uh, Tom, give me your give me your final thoughts on like if you had to do like a speed review right now. <laughs> give me your give me your speed review of Cyberpunk after one day with it. I think that it is a game that is worth f- experiencing for yourself at least initially and I think that um you know this last hour of discussion you know I think if anything the best thing that this game can do is show what future games that revolve around this kind of topic uh should not do. And so there's a lesson to be learned one way or the other. But I'm I'm very excited to continue to to play. And like Ryan says, maybe have this game surprise me ultimately and have my opinions change about it. Um, so I think that, you know, I don't think anyone, unless, you know, obviously I don't judge anyone. So this is meant to be a speed review. You know, I completely understand that the people that want to uh, step away from this game and kind of ignore it and not engage with it because of the way that it represents transgender people, the way it represents uh, race, uh, that I totally uh, understand that and uh, more power uh, to you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that to, to engage or not engage with this game is uh, is kind of the way that it's going to shape video game discourse for like the next year. Yeah, I agree. Ryan, do you have any uh, any you speed speed uh, review? Quickly, I will say this is the culmination and the finale and the ultimate apotheosis of the game style that started with Grand Theft Auto Three. I think it is a fascinating and interesting look at gaming trends for the last couple decades. But I do think that this should be um, this should be seen as a demarcation of the end of this kind of game. I think that we should all play it and enjoy mm-hmm. it and see what this style yes. has to appreciate. And it, and it will be the ultimate version of it. But I think we need to move forward at this point. I, I am playing this game and I'm like, I get it. But are games going to be like this for the, for the rest of my life? Is this going to be the exact same game, but in a bigger city? Because I'm not interested in playing that again. I, I will be interested in playing this through. Maybe there will be a version in the future. Someone will come up with like a, like a, like a fantasy version that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play that. But I cannot in my life 
I would like to see AAA games be more than the confines with which this was imagined in. And I hope that going forward that that this is no longer a refinement of this concept, but in fact, we need to start um, pressing forward in the way that I think Breath of the Wild did successfully and not to harp on, because I understand I'm going to get a million death threats for saying this, not to harp on like Nintendo's innovation in this area. There are other studios that do inv innovative stuff that push storytelling and stuff forward. For example, loved the Astro's Playroom situation with the DualSense controller. I thought that was so innovative and a different way of storytelling and experiencing immersion. And I hope that in the future, games of this caliber and of this scope are able to take more chances and um uh but that all of that said it's massive and it's fun and i'm gonna sink, sink 100 hours into it so you know but you have to have perspective on it you cannot just openly praise it because it's the end avengers end game or whatever mm. yeah i so i think my takeaway on this is um I, I to me more than anything with a game and I knew I knew that there was always going to be a situation with with this where I couldn't be possibly fulfilled. I said like there's no way this can be a good game even if it's the greatest game ever made in some way like the hype can never you can never reach in reality what maybe your mind has created. Um, I do think this game succeeds in ways that I didn't expect it to. I mean, I think just purely on mechanics and graphics, like it, it pulls it off in a way that's better than I expected, to be honest. I think that to me, the my, my early review, and I haven't, again, I want to stress that like I haven't really played this nearly all the way through and certainly not even, I think I'm still in the gambit. I think I'm still in the, the opening, essentially, you know, here's where we're going to present the story part of this game. Which speaks to the the just the massiveness of it, but I think that um, games, even games that are beautiful and vast and present tons of options for the user and show you a world that you know you you know couldn't possibly dream of, uh, I think what this signals to me is that at least for me and I think for a lot of other players and I uh, and I believe like it may be the majority of players at some point maybe now already. I think you've got to go further with storytelling. I think you have to you have to be I think that we have come to expect a kind of uh second rate storytelling from video games because for a long time that's really all we got. And and if you compare and so I've had some unbelievable storytelling experiences in in games, both in open world games like Fallout and in uh you know more linear games like you know Last of Us uh, both the Last of Us games which are certainly have open world components but are really more like on a game that's on a certain kind of track but but like i think that but i still think that we're experiencing second rate writing and second rate ideation on like what a game and a game world and game characters is should what do you're and missing be a singularity of vision that is pre present because of directors in movies and showrunners and tv shows i yeah i think well it's writers and directors but i think it's a like singular person whose vision this is if this is your like you're the ryan murphy you go out and you pick writers to execute your idea to the best it can be right but it's not a hodgepodge right. of other people's ideas I mean, if you watch The Sopranos, or you watch the all of the seasons of Six Feet Under, or you watch Mad you Men, or you watch a specific person. I, I mean, that's not the writing of one single person in on one day. It's it's a massive writing effort, but it is unified one by vision. there's a showrunner, there is a yeah. vision, there is a template, there is you know, a way that we, it's. Th 
sorry, I was just going to say, if we look at the games in the past that we, we, we've we been praising, right, The Last of Us Part Two, uh, you know, God of War comes to mind as well. You Which know, I just like, bought on a deal that we had on the website. There you go. <laughs> Finally. Inputmag.com. Input uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, those, we know, you know, um, Corey Barlog, like people, he is a synonymous person. You know, Hideo Kojima, right? Like, he, I mean, yeah. even David right. for, Cage. For better, for better or David worse. Cage. You can think David Cage is the mo- most hack writer ever, but each of his games are David Cage games. Well, but but that but that's the yeah. point. But that's the point is like hack work in video games is it elevates a game beyond our expectations. And so people are often like, this was uh, I had a religious experience playing Uncharted or whatever, you know, because like it actually has a story with characters and it goes somewhere and you're like, wow, OK, that like told me something, I think. And I'm not saying that games need to necessarily have like super they need to be heavily narrative driven. But I do think that that singular vision, that message, that kind of like underlying vibe that you want to tell a story and you're telling it in a certain way. I think video games are an unbelievable medium for storytelling. And I have experienced some truly uh, uh, you know, epic in, in the truest sense, like experiences playing video games with great stories. I think that more we need to, it needs to be taken more seriously that a game can't just be a big world and lots of stuff to do and great graphics and cool guns. That is like from another era, I think, to your point, Ryan. It's from another era of gameplay and another era of game story. And that this feel, you're right, it feels like the end result of all of the most extreme of all of that. But like it is missing that element that feel makes it feel like this has something to say and it's going to start saying it from 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 uh, moment one and you're going to feel pulled into it and you're going to think about it and you're going to think about it after it's over. That to me, I haven't felt that yet and I worry that it isn't there. Even in a shitty in a game where you could say there's such shitty characterizations and so much crass stuff in GTA, in GTA Five, it still kind of pulls you into like a singular like vision of a story. There it feels like there's something there. There's a there there, and like I think that Rockstar has gotten that right. No matter whether you agree or disagree with their decisions, this doesn't feel like it does it yet. It hasn't connected for me yet, and I worry that like as long as we think of video game writing as a kind of second class citizen that it's like less important than some of the other things you might do in a game and that that singular vision or that a shared vision that's really strong is is really important it's not enough to say we have great source material to me this is like this is like a fa- in many ways like you can look at it as a comic book movie that that lands with a thud which is like there are lots of great characters in comic book it's watched uh, from comic book culture it's the and Watchmen history movie Watchmen. because it's right. so stylish and stunning and gorgeous and the effects are so expensive and you're just blown away by the actors they got but it does not feel like the director understands what the story's about right right it's why the Watchmen show in many ways succeeds the way the comic book does in a way that the movie could never have hoped to and and it is you know I don't agree with every decision they made for the show but it, there's no question that it tells a compelling, singular, thoughtful, uh, dynamic, creative story that does make you want to watch the next you episode. You care about the characters and, make you and really... believe that they can change. Yeah, and and this so far, it, it has not set out that that's even a part of that's even an important part of the of the conversation. And so I worry that that's the missing piece here, and that I don't know if the game is. Do I pick it up every day for many many hours a day to see where it goes? I don't. They haven't told me why yet. Maybe they will tell me why, but that to me is like my lightning review of this is, is where's the story? Um, and it better not be, you know, it better not be like 
some hackneyed B-movie revenge shit because i mean it probably will be but i mean that's not enough in my opinion that's totally where this story's going it's totally right where this i agree going. i agree i think this story if i had to predict right now where the story is going i'm just going to do this is no spoilers i haven't read anything i haven't played the game for more than like three hours i think like you're going to have to avenge the death of your buddy plus we're going to find out that the corporations are you know, using our eyes to steal our secrets or whatever. And that's going to be like the two storylines <laughs> of this game that they really care about. That's what has been emoted to me heavily from the start of the game. And and that's frankly not enough for me. It yeah. just isn't. It's that's some hackneyed shit. That is like I've seen that in every movie and every game but I've I'll ever this, played. My you know? character. So hot. Her tits are huge. She's got long oh nails. My God. Okay. Both of my. Yeah. But what about. But her. what about. <laughs> I was going to say. What about the penis. <laughs> All right, anyhow, we got to wrap up. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining. This was a great addition, and and we will have you back. Well, um, before we go, there's a couple things in the news um, that are very funny, one of which is uh, in similar gaming vein. Sony has been rumored to be working on a next-gen PSP, um, which is not a good idea. (laughs) I mean... It's only a good idea if they can outswitch the Switch, in my opinion, which would be like doing my dream scenario. I mean, if they wanted to do what they should have done, <laughs> let me try this many different ways. What Sony should have done was been like the PS5 is the most powerful game system ever created, and it's portable. And then you, there are like you people would be like, "What are you talking about, Sony? That doesn't make any sense." They'd be like, "Yeah, like <laughs> it's technologically impossible." Like that actually is not physically possible. And they'd be like, "No, here's the deal: it's a handheld. When you play the handheld, the graphics are reduced and whatever. And then when you plug it in, it's like hooks up to this base station. It becomes the most powerful graphics you know system and ever created." And that's not the the way they would say it. Can you tell it's Friday and I'm very tired? Um, that's not the way they would say it. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. But they didn't. They're not talking about doing that. They're talking about doing a standalone, like another version. I mean, the only way this could work is if every game that you buy for your PS4 or five is basically like compatible with the handheld. So because that's impossible, there is talk well, is about it? them is doing five G streaming from the console or from the cloud. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. And frankly, guess what does that already? Your phone, and you can just stick a controller on your phone. Why would you oh Sony spend- should make it? Sony should make a phone. <laughs> oh god what if sony made what if sony made phones with with, with controllers on them <laughs> i mean they did this they made a playstation phone remember yes they did i was uh i believe that we were at I, Engadget with, I believe that Engadget we had a leak of it we were the first people ever to publish a leak of the phone and i think i think i had like we had the thing where it was like we had to do a rendering because we were we were told what it was and i think people were like this is bullshit like this doesn't this is not a real thing. <laughs> and uh and and then it like it actually is exactly it was exactly the way it was described, which sounds completely insane. Um, but the thing is, you, you, why get into the messy business of hardware at all? Just sell a controller or a controller case. Yeah, but you're talking about good. Sony, they're in the messy business of hardware. No, but I'm saying they could just get uh, they could just start printing money from a, a cloud streaming app now. No. I mean, this is what Microsoft is doing. Why would people spend extra money for a 5G compatible handheld? Well, I mean, this is that is a failure idea, in my opinion, what you're describing. What may not be a failure idea is something like if it really were super synced with the experience of the PS4, PS5, if it were like a $200 or $300 device that like does the streaming stuff 
but also can play like diminished, like graphically diminished versions of the games. You know, there's a, there are a lot of games for like the um, Vita, which are cross compatible, right? I mean, like they yeah, do but that, they were, right? They were developed separately. But they're like mostly they're like indie games for the most part, right? I don't know if there's any. Yeah, and they're they're specifically developed for each console. Like but, I don't but, think. But now just... they could do something differently. I mean, like, the reality is all my PS4 games play on my PS5. That's a huge deal. That's a never before done in the history of video games situation, like well, for consoles. I mean, in the past, yes. No, I'm saying this is the first generation ever where we can, except for ten titles or something that we can play the previous generation games on the next generation hardware. Yeah. I mean, not counting the PS4 Pro. And the Wii. What do you mean? The Wii played all GameCube games. Oh, did it? And the PlayStation 3 played PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 games. PlayStation 2 played PlayStation (laughs) 1 games. Did it? All of them? No, it didn't. Yes, it did. Did it? Okay, I have no recollection of this. I was like, this is I was like, this is such an incredible innovation. It's not no, it apparently. Isn't. I don't have any recollection of that. I guess like I was just so busy busy moving on to the next thing. I didn't even think about the uh, backwards compatibility. But at any rate, so they could hypothetically they could do it, right? It could be like, you know, I mean they could do what the Switch is doing, but better, right? They would inevitably it would be much more powerful than the Switch. Because that's like three or four how old is the Switch now? Three, four years old? And the five Switch- years old? And the Switch is made so that Nintendo profits on the hardware. Nintendo never does hardware that they break even on. Sony could walk right up to the break even line if they wanted to and have a far more powerful device. Right. So I'm saying, I. But I, I don't think it's powerful enough to run those games. Maybe. I, I'm just thinking of all the people. This all is the cyberpunk. The one... I'm just thinking of all the cyberpunk memes of people showing. Like the the GTA stuff, it just it just every time I think of this idea, I think like, oh yeah, you can play Cyberpunk on it, but it's gonna look like a game from two thousand two. That's why I think like, yes, you're right. This is the only strategy that would work for them, but it's an impossible strategy, so they should just stay out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think I like the. I mean, I love hardware. I'm a Me hardware too. guy. I have and a I giant love, like, collection getting, of video game hardware. I love, I love hardware. I love getting like a weird little gadget. You know, I love like weird little gadgets, but I don't know. I guess, I mean, I barely touch the Switch. I mean, especially now that nobody's going anywhere. I mean, right now is it would be a very bad. I mean, they would do it obviously next year sometime if they're going to do it or like at a later date. I mean, I just think for it to succeed, a lot of things would have to happen. I think, I do think there's an argument made that for. I don't want to hook something up to my phone to play a game. And I think that whole thing is kind of a messy and complicated. It's a messy and complicated experience to be like, okay, I'm going to like Bluetooth this this controller and, or I'm going to plug it in and then I'm going to boot up the streaming app. And if it doesn't stream, then I'm basically screwed. I think if it were like more, much more powerful than a phone, but not like so crazy that it's like a thousand dollar piece of hardware, um, and it had the streaming capability, but it also could, like, you could take your games with you. I do think there's something attractive about it, like throwing it in a bag and having, like, a better than Switch gaming option. Like, because most of the Switch games, like, I think it would be really awesome. Like, I've been playing, I, I mentioned I've been playing Soma, which, I mean, I don't even know if they have for the Switch or not, but, like, that's a game I bought for my PS, 
uh, on well, it's on PS now, but I got it for my PS5 and I'm playing it. I'd love to be able to play that like sitting in bed or if I was traveling in the future when I am traveling, it'd be awesome to play that on a plane. And like I don't think the experience of using it on my phone would be as good as a dedicated gaming handheld. I understand you wrote this thing and I totally agree with a lot of it that like there are reasons why it would not be a good idea. On the other hand, I kind of feel like the more we talk about it, I'm kind of like I sort of want this. I want it. It just doesn't mean that it makes sense for them or that it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This render that we have, what I don't know where this came from, this video render, definitely makes me want whatever that is, you know? Although it looks like it'd be really hard to hold. To yeah, it's not. it does not look like you're going <laughs> to. It needs some, like, tr- you need some, like, thickness there. You need a little bit of fat. I mean, even the Switch Lite, I have, like, a chunky case on, so I can give it a little booty. Yeah, you need to, you got to have something to hold on to. <laughs> like a great lover, you need something to grab on to. You know what I mean? Uh, well, speaking of uh, bulky tech, <laughs> can we talk about Apple's Segway. $549 AirPods Max? $549 uh, for the AirPods Max. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't personally, I wait. I don't have the, ears good enough for whatever that sounds like. Well, but, uh, but the other thing is like there are, I don't know, I guess, listen, Apple bakes in a lot of like, you know, homegrown goodness. You're like, look, the Apple, like I will say, I bought AirPods Pro. I hesitated for a long time. I waited till they were on sale, significantly on sale, and I bought them, and they're really good, although they, I'm having trouble getting seals now. For instance, like my ears have gotten larger or something. I don't know what's going on, but like they're not as good as they were the day I bought them, which is strange, but I'm um, like fit wise but anyhow but they're very good and they interact with my phone in a way that is extremely seamless and i think that goes a long way now going from 250 dollars to 550 dollars is a big leap and they're not amazing over the ear headphones like absolutely stunning yeah for i mean a lot of a, a lot of really well-known companies have been making uh these types of products for a long time uh, and honestly, like we have some like, I mean, it's funny because they own Beats, but, you know, Laura has a pair of Beats over ear headphones and they're fantastic. And they definitely did not cost $500, you know. And, uh, you know, I think it's I don't know who this is for. I feel like this is some weird pet project in the company. Like, I don't personally get it. I feel like it's one of those things where they were like, well, we could do it. And somebody had like kind of like, uh, you know. It got stuck in their craw somehow. They're like, I really want to do these headphones. You know, somebody like senior at the company. And they're like, all right, let's just release them at the end of the year. It could be like if a luxury item that some people buy. I don't – does this seem like a market for them, the over-ear I mean, market? Not, I don't think that there's a huge market there. I also think that the market that is there already knows very amazing brands who make like unbelievable sounding headphones for far less money. and. Yeah. I think, you know, if the design had been so iconic and stunning that people like would it became like a fetish item the way that AirPods did, where it just became like, you know, a, a status symbol the way that like even the white ear earpods did originally. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the design is there. Like when they're not on, they look like a boob purse. They look like a bra. That well, that's a, a is that is that isn't that a carrying case for them? Yes. But when Hold they're on, I'm actually on, gonna, I want to look at them on the website. I actually haven't really. When they're on, they look like the most nothing. Like you're like they look like stock headphones. They're not like, in my opinion, they're not iconic. They're not interesting. They're not. They don't have any really thing to say about design. And uh, then when they're yeah. off, they look like a bra. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's interesting that they have the they have the dial from 
like the Apple Watch is kind of like stuck on the side of one of them. Yeah. I don't think these are unattractive in the in a, in a very like, you know, Dieter Rahm's like Johnny Ive homogenized, you know, type of I mean, Ooh, the future. They, they look, I don't know, I'm looking at the, the pink ones or the red ones or whatever, and I'm kind of like, mm, I actually, <laughs> actually kind of like these. You're oh, out God, of your mind. oh, God, oh, God, I'm going to buy them. Aren't no, I? you're not. <laughs> I think I am. Ooh, I, lo- I love the color. $50. I love the colors. Someone from I had really, I honestly hadn't even thought for one second about it, but now that I'm looking at them, I kind of, I don't know. It. They are, they are pretty attractive in my opinion. I know this they look is- like other stuff. But this is how we slide up to a $4,000 iPhone. This is I how know, we do it. I know. I know. Although it would be nice to have some really great over the ear. They look huge. I don't know. Does this for me? I don't want to spend $550 on anything. I mean, that's like, no. I, I, I'm trying to not spend money. Especially that's like the cost. Headphones. I, mean, I mean, think about it. It's the cost of a PlayStation 5. They're more expensive than the PlayStation 5. That's, to me, that is nuts. These headphones are more expensive than like you could buy multiple iPads. From I mean that's Apple. that's not well. How much are you they? You could buy what two are, iPad Minis. What do these start at? Let me get iPad the real Mini? story. This is it. They have one price, five hundred fifty dollars. I would definitely get the pink though. I mean, I'm definitely feeling the pink in a big way. I'm sorry, this is nuts. That these are fifty dollars more than a PlayStation Five is nuts. If these were three hundred dollars or three fifty, I think like I would be like, okay, I get it. At this price, it's outrageous. I think it's an outrageous asking price. I mean, free engraving, they're touting. And, it's like, and okay. Wireless, like, uh, if you're an audiophile who really wants, like, to hear and be jacked into this stunning, like, vinyl playback or whatever you're doing, I don't think that, like, wireless is really going to be the solution for you, right? Like, you want an analog setup. Yeah. I mean, not that this is an either or, but. <clears throat> I mean, who's tripping your... these on and listening to Apple Music? I don't. I mean, I guess people who have want to buy like a small luxury but aren't super duper rich. I mean, I th- you can buy just to put in perspective, I guess the to your point, an iPad Air is six hundred dollars. So these are fifty dollars cheaper than an iPad Air, but an iPad Air does so much stuff. It's an incredible device. You could it's literally like you could do everything with it. An iPad, a regular iPad starts at three twenty nine. Um, yeah, iPad mini is four hundred. So Oh shit. Uh, regular iPad three twenty nine, iPad Mini is four hundred, iPad Air is five ninety nine. Um, you could buy. I'm looking at just some other products here. Uh, what does the Mac Mini start at? Mac Mini starts at six ninety nine, so it's more expensive, but but still, it's one hundred fifty dollars more. For one hundred dollars more, you can get an entire computer. Um, what's the cheapest laptop they offer? But and but I mean just for a one to one product like there's no, so many a... headphones. I mean Apple offers a lot of headphones that are really great and have tons of features and are like iconically designed and do not cost five hundred and fifty dollars. Like that's just it. That is it. And, and you know what bothers me the most about it is that it's just so tone deaf at this moment of such enormous wealth inequality during a holiday season where most children won't even get a gift, where families yeah. are going hungry to introduce this. I get it. There's multiple price points and I'm, we're not supposed to shame Cardi B for spending $88,000 on a purse, but Did I she think spend yes, and then all purse? of Twitter yelled at anyone who had any problem with that. And uh, I, I think, I think uh, honestly, like it's just gauche. It, it, I think it, it shows really poor taste and it, it, it shows that their brand, like, I don't think, listen, are they still doing what they've always done? Absolutely. But I just don't, I think it speaks I to mean, how not relevant Apple is outside of like 
Obviously, they're super relevant when it comes to phones and computers. Nobody's going to argue that. They have the only tablet on the market. But I think when it comes to, like, that cool factor that got them there, that, like, gotta have it, like, drooling iPod factor, I don't, I can't think of anything besides AirPods that have had that in the recent past. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the have... Apple Watch is, like, a mom accessory. I mean, you can get – the interesting thing is that you can get – I mean, they make a Beats, the Beats Studio 3 – our noise canceling over ear, you know, have w, that W one W one chip in or W two, whatever. You know, it's called. Well, is that one W two? This one's a W one. I don't know if they did. They put a new chip in the new headphones. I don't know. I just threw that out there because I, I don't know, know either. But yeah, this these are W ones. But I mean, those are these are three hundred fifteen dollars, which is still a shitload of money for a pair of headphones. I mean, for a normal person, it's a shitload of money. But you know, I mean, it is not. Um, it's not five hundred and fifty dollars, and it's like you know, it's it sounds more like a price that is you know you can expect. I mean, I have trouble imagining these being so much better sonically than. I mean, there are so many brands doing this in this space. If you really care about like the quality of sound, I'm not sure exactly what you're paying for here. Maybe they sound truly amazing. But um, like Bose, is, sure, Sony. Yeah. These are brands that have like stunning studio quality like musicians use them headphones and they're still not asking that insane price like it's just it's a big ask for a company that has not made over the ear headphones other than beats yeah um, i'll be honest come from their beats team i'll be honest with you i am very curious they have these have h1 chips in them which is apparently different in each ear uh, they're definitely they definitely are putting some weird technology in here um Spatial audio with dynamic head tracking. I, mean, I will I'm say curious. I like I like spatial audio. I think spatial audio is cool and fun. Yeah, I, like I mean it, it's I don't know what it does on an over the ear headphone. It'd be interesting to see. But like I I, I am the only look, here's the question: if these perform from a sonic level at a sonic level considerably better than than any other over the ear headphones in this price range, then they will have made their case, right? I just don't know that that's the case, and I—I I mean, I'm not—I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's an—it's an—they're un, unusually expensive headphones, even for Apple, even by Apple standards. You know, like to go up from their most expensive earbud is two hundred and what two fifty. What is it? Yeah. What are the what are the iPod Pros? They're AirPods. Sorry, AirPods. Uh, Air, on, Air. AirPods Pro two seventy nine. So they go for. I'm just looking at their website. There, you can't get to the price on their website. You have to watch like a, a fancy AirPods animation. AirPods Pro go for two hundred dollars. No, oh no. two fifty from Apple. They're on sale at Target. They're on sale for two twenty. Oh, oh, really? That's a good deal. That's what I got them for. They're also on sale at Apple for two twenty four. But at any rate, let's call it two fifty, right? The retail to go up at three hundred dollars to these headphones feels like a huge leap. It's like if your best, closest you know, performing, high-performing audio product in from the from your actual Apple line is the AirPods Pro. I could see going up $100, $200 more and it making sense. Going up $300 more is in, is pretty insane, you know? And like, I don't know, maybe the sound... Oh, sorry, $224. I'm on the education side for some reason. The actual price is... Uh, $250 is the MSRP. $250, yeah. I don't know where the... two. I guess $224 is if you're an educator. I don't know how I got on this page. They're like, here's 25 bucks. That should do it. Um, um, but anyhow, I, yeah, exactly. That should fix our education system. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, listen, I mean, I, I get it. I, I understand Apple's the Apple tax or whatever. The only thing that could make these worth it, in my opinion, is if they truly sound 
just like they need to be leaps and bounds better than anything else in this in this and they price. better last and they better ha- not have batteries that a user can't replace because if i buy 550 dollars headphones and they're not charging up in two years i'm gonna lose my shit yeah i mean that's a whole other thing i mean i think people who spend 550 dollars on headphones probably aren't that worried about the battery i mean i don't know how many people that are like regular people this is an item that like this is a luxury item $550 headphones is not something that and i'm and i say this as a person who buys plenty of stuff that's probably in the luxury category i don't think that i'd spend this much money on over-the-ear headphones i could i just don't think that i would it doesn't feel like a good investment to me you know um, so I don't know. There's a very, I feel like there's a very specific and small audience for this. It's like, you need to be a design obsessed, Apple loving audio fanatic who happened to go to a gifting suite recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like, I mean, I'm just trying to like, what are like, what are the, like, what are the, um, Instagram audio or like TikTok influencers who are trying to flex. So Mr. Uh, Beast. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> on audiophile headphones. Let's see what the let's like what's what are the recommendations? I'm just doing a quick Google for this as one does. Okay. Well, I mean, okay, so here's their argument. And here I guarantee you this is Apple's argument internally. They're like, listen, these types of reference level audiophile headphones cost three thousand dollars. I mean, I'm looking here and it's like the high end stuff is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Shit for like people that are insufferable. The headphones are the for people who are completely. Ins- I mean, here's the Sennheiser a- HD A20. They're two thousand three hundred ninety nine dollars. Okay, they're three. Th- Gaming headphones, noise canceling, over ear, true wireless. We'll just go with over ear. Yeah, I mean these guys are reviewing. Oh, here we go. Best headphones under a thousand dollars. Big price, big sound. So I think you know potentially they would tell you, hey, listen. Uh, you know, these headphones are, you know, really good headphones that sound this good or t- cost $1,000. Um, and we're selling them for five fifty, so it's actually a discount. <laughs> but, like, who buys the $1,000 headphones? What's the market for $1,000 headphones? Nobody's doing that. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's, it's... If they are, they keep them in one room of their home and I've never seen them. Because I've never... I know some huge fucking nerds who, like, absolutely have the most tricked out systems. And I don't know anyone who has spent $3,000 on headphones. Or $1,000 on headphones. Yeah, I mean, there's... Maybe there's a... I mean, there's some audience. I'm trying to think of who it is. I think it's people. I do think it's, like, a gift. I do think it's, like, here's the thing. Okay, oh, here's absolutely. What I, here's, it's a flex he, for an Oscars gifting suite. Yeah, but no, no. I mean, but like, okay, it's Christmas time. You need to buy your loved one something really nice, okay? Now, by the way, a normal – this is not a normal Christmas, so I don't know how many people are dropping big money on presents this year. But, but you you know, let's say it's a normal Christmas, which it isn't, which is why it's like, why release them now? But, okay, let's say it's a normal Christmas. Well, they know the people who can afford these will always be able to afford them. Yeah, I mean, if anything, the rich just got richer, so why not buy them? Absolutely. Headphones? Like, these are – yeah, right. Like, so anyhow – you know, you want to buy your uh, significant other a gift that's really that they would never buy for themselves, and that's they love music, and they're an iPhone user. You know, I can see this being like, wow, I would ne- like if if Laura got me these. Laura, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, if Laura were to get me the pink, the pink versions. Uh, you know, I would be like, wow, I mean, this is awesome and I'm going to use these all the time and I'm I'm so excited about them and I would never have bought these for myself. I mean, I, this is probably one where I would not 
fork over the money because like what it the the thing that it's going to bring me just isn't enough to to make it worth my while like like a five hundred dollar PS five is a no brainer a five hundred dollar pair of headphones is a is much harder for my brain you know um anyhow but if she were to buy them for me I'd be like wow this is an awesome gift and so like in that sense they work right like they make sense so. I mean, maybe that's the target audience is like people buying really nice gifts for people that they're really close to, you know, or people treating themselves to something that's like a real luxury, but they can kind of afford. But still, it's like $550 for headphones is nuts. It's nuts. I mean, you could like, you could leave these on a subway, <laughs> you know? You could buy extremely wonderful, great headphones and still give $200 to someone in need. I, I don't know. It's hard for me right now to I hear mean, that someone spent $550 on headphones that are like wireless Apple headphones. They're not even like, uh, it's just, it's not, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good move for them. I don't think it like, this was the moment in history where Apple like <laughs> was like, oh, I know we'll get our cool back. Like, I, I don't know. I guess they don't, they're not really, I, and I'm not going to say like, I guess they're not about that. I guess they don't have to concern themselves with what is accessible or what their image looks like anymore. Like they're at such a size that they can just make whatever. You're right. This was a project yeah. that someone in the company was like, I want to own these. And uh, I'm going to do it. And then everyone was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. Their competition, though, I'm looking at like, you know, Wirecutter, which does great breakdowns of stuff like this, you know. Their competition for Bluetooth wireless headphones. I mean, maybe there's like a market for people who want like audio, you know, more audiophile level sound with, you know, the ease and convenience of what Apple provides in its in its AirPods Pro or something. I just, I don't know if does that exist? Because I'll tell you this, an audiophile would reject something like spatial audio. I'm sure of it. Like, yeah, of course. I, I don't think an audiophile is like, oh yeah, do some kind of weird effect within my headphones that creates like a more spacious sound because they're like, I want to hear what this sounds like as it was recorded. I don't want to hear like this like weirdly influenced or attenuated version of it. So, so like, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I feel like we've already spent far too much time talking about these headphones. I I think if you have $550 to burn and you have everything else that you could possibly want that costs that much money, enjoy. You know? Enjoy. I just don't – I feel like it's the most non-essential, least interesting thing that Apple's done in a long time, and that's saying something. I guess we should do some nice things, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I'll do a quick one. I'll do a quick one. We're in the holiday you know, gift corridor. Uh, I have been, I, I gotta tell you, I love shopping for other people. I, I love shopping online. So I'm very good at it. Uh, but I enjoy buying things for other people. Like, I think I'm good at it. Uh, I think I can be pretty creative with my gift giving. This is like very egotistical, nice thing. And I just enjoy, like, it's fun to, I mean, I like shopping for myself, but it's fun to imagine what somebody else would, would like and try to like get that perfect thing for them. And so... My nice thing is holiday shopping. And I think, especially this holiday, it's we could all use a little, you know, it's nice to get a little extra, little extra something if, you, if, if it can happen, if you can do it. You know, it's like we all need a little help this year. So hopefully my gifts land, just really land. That's <laughs> it. That's my nice thing. Um, my whole extended family just did like a secret Santa where we would just pass around. Well, my dad's side just did a secret Santa where we would just like everyone would get one person a gift. And I got one of the people I got is like a small child. Oh, wow. Like, oh, like you don't know the kid's interest. I don't want to insult them. I have to yeah. pick something that's like How not old really are they? gendered. How old are they? Um, 
four or three or four. But I ended up this like so it, it, this company Carrera has like mm. it's like slot cars, but you can get different kinds of um. It's like a slot car sort of like it's like a an upgraded train set, right? Like a, like slot cars are like a um individual ones, and they have like uh they had cars themed ones. Um, from the Pixar movie Cars. I don't like the Pixar movie Cars. I hate that movie. So I went with the Mario Kart themed one. Oh, and, well, that's um, very on brand for you. I think kids, all kids will like it. Peach and Mario and Luigi. It, I think it's like the right. It sounds very cute. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Um, So there's, uh, I guess that's a nice thing was like, I finally yeah. found the cure for that. Um, I also found, um, I also bought two other things that I, that I have to recommend. One of which is a new TV. I got the LG oled gx gallery tv with the sound with, with the accompanying sound bar and it oh you is, bought a new tv yeah it mm. is i mean i i could not believe i was i i can't believe i've been like not on the oled train my entire existence like mm. <laughs> this tv um and then john got um uh wanted to get a new vacuum heard about the robo h6 which is like a digital looking vacuum and it has like a whole display it's like if apple or like tesla made a vacuum like it's very designed um and it's completely wireless and it comes with these little attachments and um he's like thrilled and it's coming so handy and so i guess my nice thing is just like it's just like if you're an adult you don't have to get another adult a gift you can just like buying gifts for kids is hard enough just say specifically what you want or go buy it for yourself and mm. high five and call it a holiday like i think that that's my lesson coming out of covid is i don't want to guess what john wants i don't know so um yeah that's can't be that's, done yeah anyway that's, that's my nice things all, all consumer nice. products but you know what i love do? it i love it. we live in america okay we're americans <laughs> we're in our in our national pastime is shopping and uh and so be it you know what else are you gonna do what else are you gonna do when you're sitting nothing all right i'm about gotta, to go do a whole bunch of nothing oh my god that sounds great all right let's, let's wrap this thing up let's get out of here all right cyberpunk bye bye Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just been told by Dex that your family's gotten too many body mods and they're having cybernetic psychosis. <laughs>